Take your Bible and turn to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. I was original plan was to use this some last week during Sunday school time. But you folks didn't give me much time to talk. So I didn't get to use it. But that's okay. I, I have no, no, no resentment or anything like that. So... <laughs> Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> Joshua chapter 4, I'm going to read the entire chapter, 24 verses. It says, And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man. Command you them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, 
out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones. And ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men, whom he had prepared of the children of Israel, out of every tribe a man. Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan. Take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. The children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests, which bear the ark of the covenant, stood. They are there unto this day. For the priests, which bear the ark, stood in the midst of Jordan, until everything was finished, that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people, according to all that Moses commanded Joshua, and the people hasted and passed over. It came to pass, and all the people were clean passed over, that the ark of the Lord passed over, and the priests in the presence of the people. And the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the children of Israel, as Moses spake unto them. About 40,000 prepared for war, passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Command the priests that they bear the ark of the testimony, that they come up out of Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come ye up out of Jordan. It came to pass when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, Souls of the feet, priests' feet were lifted up on the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over all his banks, as they did before. And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and encamped in Gilgal, in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your, father, when your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel, come over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. The title of the message this morning is, What Mean Ye by These Stones? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity that is ours to be assembled here together as body of believers. And I pray, Father, and thank you for this privilege to open your word. I pray as we look into your word today that we allow the Spirit of God, who is the author of this precious book, to speak to our hearts, to encourage us, to challenge us, to convict where conviction is needed. Father, I pray that even bring to repentance where repentance is needed. So, Lord, have your will and way. May you be glorified. May the Lord Jesus Christ be lifted up. Might we be drawn to him, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This chapter in the book of Joshua is about memorials. Memorials. 
A memorial, according to Webster's, is something designed to preserve the memory of a person, an event, or sort of like or as of a, a monument. You know, Joshua chapter 4 tells the story of God's command to Joshua concerning these memorial stones. You know, there's nothing wrong with memorials, provided they don't become religious idols and turn our hearts from God. You know, the children of Israel had some memorials that became idols. The brass snake that Moses made became an idol. Hezekiah destroyed it. You know, and provided they don't link us to the past, that we fail to serve God in the present. You know, glorifying the past is a good way to petrify, somebody said, the present. You know, to petrify means, means to harden. To harden. So, so it's, you know, if we glorify the past, it can petrify the present and harden us and rob us of God's blessing and God's power in our life. Vance Havner asked this question, how many of us, quote, how many of us living, live looking back or ahead between a holy past and a holier future, but in a hallow present, unquote. You know, Deuteronomy 6, 23, the Bible says, God brought us out that he might bring us in. And, and again, memorial stones were a common practice in the Old Testament. Again, they serve as historical markers. I'm having trouble with words this morning. Uh, for example, you know, Jacob set up a stone. You know, he, he slept at, at Bethel, and he set up a stone as the pillar where God met with him. Samuel set up the famous Ebenezer stone. In fact, we sing a song, and they've changed the words in the song. Uh, it used to be, here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I come. Here, now, they say, now it's, here I raise my sign of victory. Uh, the word Ebenezer means stone of help. And again, it was a memorial to what God had done in defeating the Philistines. And, and you and I, as God's people, ought to raise some memorials in our lives. Something that we can look to, to encourage us and to challenge us. You know, they are, these memorials are, uh, notice four things. They are, first of all, reminders of his presence. In, in chapter 4 here, in verse 5, it says, And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan. Take you up out of every, uh, up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. And we read also in chapter 3, in verse 17, that the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. And of course, you know, it's a reminder of God's presence. The ark of God represents God's presence among his people. It was where the Shekinah glory cloud rested, over the ark of the covenant. It was, it was it, you know, God's presence dwelt there in and, and, and it was such a holy place that, that no man was to touch it. Remember what Uzzah did? He reached out and touched it, and God struck him dead. You know, Psalm 46, 5 says, God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her in that right early. You know, speaking about in the midst, in Daniel three twenty five, 
you know, the, the Nebuchadnezzar was that said, he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. God's presence was there. Walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord, thy God is in the midst of thee, is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee. He will rest in thee. He will joy over thee with singing. Revelation. I'm trying to read my notes. I got something mixed up there too. Revelation chapter 1. Speaking about the church. What the church is. Revelation chapter 1. I think it's verse 3. Actually, I think it's 1.13. Revelation 1.13 says, And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, notice, in the midst, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps of the golden girdle. And then verse 20 says, The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So in the midst of the seven candlesticks... Is the Son of God. It's the Son of God. You know, Matthew eighteen twenty says, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And so this memorial was a reminder of God's presence among his people. But it's also a reminder of his power. Notice again chapter four of Joshua, verses six and seven, and then also verse twenty four. It says that this may be a sign. By the way, that word sign is used, it's the same word, means miracle. But this, this, this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. <clears throat> And, and again, uh, verse 24, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. <laughs> so it's a reminder of the power of God. Somebody has said that, you know, you know uh, or we see here that God had opened the Jordan River. Remember, it's, it's overflowing its banks. In fact, in verse 18, after the priests came out, the Bible says that, that as soon as their feet were lifted up on the dry land, the waters of Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over all his banks. So, so it's a demonstration of God's power, a reminder of God's power, these, these stones, that God stopped the river. He stopped the river. Now, you know, a river is constantly moving, as we know it. But God stopped it. You say, how can that happen? You know, it's a little easier to understand that God divided the Red Sea. You know, seas don't, they just kind of, you know, waves go here. But they really don't go anywhere to amount much. But, but a river is, is moving constantly. But God stopped it. So what? He made time stand still one time too. See, it's a demonstration of God's power. He stopped the river and opened it and brought them safely across on dry land. One commentator said this, and I quote, The power of God was hereby magnified. All the world was or might be convinced that the hand of the Lord is mighty. 
that nothing is too hard for God to do, nor can any power, no, not that of nature itself, obstruct what God will effect. The deliverances of God's people are instructions to all people and fair warnings not to contend with omnipotence, unquote. There, there is no stopping what God will and can do if he desires to do it. You know, there are a lot of people in this world today that think they're going to thwart God's plan. By the way, it's been tried before. Remember the wicked queen, Athaliah? Who after her, her son, and it was Hazai, was killed, she destroyed all the seed royal. Now, what was, she, what was she trying to do? Think about it. If she did destroy all the seed royal, she destroyed all the seed royal except. Jeho, um, it's not Josiah, I don't think. Or was it Josiah? Jeho, Joash. Joash. Joash, who his nurse hid in a bedchamber. So she destroyed all the seed royal. You see, what, what she was after, or what Satan was trying to do, was destroy the lineage of Jesus Christ. See, it don't matter. It doesn't matter uh, who it is. You know, Hitler tried to do this. What's behind the things that Hitler did? Well, by the way, Joseph Stalin tried the same thing. You know, Hitler destroyed six million Jews. He wanted to obliterate the Jews from the face of this earth. You know, God's not finished the Jews. God, God's going to rule and reign. Over a Jewish nation. See, no one can thwart God's plan. He is omnipotent. So it's a reminder of his power. And we see here a present opportunity to demonstrate this power. Notice in verse 1, it says, And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, then again in verse 9 through 11 it says, And Joshua set twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the ark of the covenant stood, and they are there unto this day. For the priests which bear the ark stood in the midst of Jordan until everything was finished, that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people, according to all that Moses commanded Joshua, and the people hasted and passed over. There's a, there's a present opportunity to demonstrate this power of God here. As you know, the people passed through Jordan, and out of Jordan on the dry land. It, they are making a break from the past. You, you, can get, get, you can get past your past. Children of Israel are making a break from their past. They have been wandering 40 years in the wilderness. It's been continual funerals. Think about it. Think about it. You know, Bob Hitchens used to say that the funeral tent never came down in the wilderness. Because everyone that was over 20 years old, or was it 40 years old, died in the wilderness. Millions of people died in the wilderness because of their rebellion against God. So, so there were 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And by the way, they really didn't go anywhere. They just kind of went round and round and round. It's only 11 days' journey from Egypt to Canaan. And yet they spent spent 40 years in the wilderness. You see, this crossing Jordan, they're leaving that behind. The murmurings, the golden calf, the curse of Balaam and the plague of Peor 
Korah and his, and his company, you know, whom the earth swallowed up. And, and then the manna, you know, and manna was angel's food, but they got tired of the manna every day. You know, would you like to eat the same thing every day for 40 years? Even if it was ice cream. Some of you get tired, some of us would get tired of it quicker than others, but, but you know, no matter what it was, you'd get tired of the same thing every day. So it's, it's, a, it's a break from the past. And, and they were set up 12 stones. And notice what it says in verse 9. And Josh set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place for the feet of the priests, which bear the Ark of Covenant stood, and they are there unto this day. These stones were left in Jordan. And when the river returned, they're buried. They're buried. You know, sometimes we need to forget our past. Sometimes it's difficult to forget the past. Paul said in Philippians 3.13, forgetting those things which are behind. Now, I don't know. The word, the word forget there has the idea of neglecting it. Now, I don't know exactly what Paul was referring to when he said those words. But, you know, Paul had some pretty bad things in the past. He had some... He had, and he had some great trials in the past. He had some glorious victories in the past. But he said, I need to forget those things which are behind. Reaching forth unto those things which are before us. You know, we must forget, we must forget past failures, past trials, and disappointments. We can't live in the past. If we live in the past, it's going to petrify the future or the present. It will render us ineffective. You know, bitterness... Regret and resentment, all those things that it will harden us. And, 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 and we cannot live on past victories either. They're only reminders of what God can do and will do. So we must forget the past. You see, it's a present opportunity to demonstrate the power of God, leaving those things which are behind, pressing forth. As we think about our anniversary last last Sunday, you know, we got a photo album made up. They're memorials, really, is what they are. Morals to the power of God. It's not about it's not about the webs or the greens or us or the hoils or anybody else. It's about what God can do. It's what God has done. And just like the children of Israel, you know, there have been trials, there have been hardships, but we must leave those things in the past and press forward into the future. You many that left Egypt never crossed Jordan. You must, must die to the old and let it in Jordan. But there's secondly... As we think about the power of God, there's a potential to be overcomers through God's power. Notice verses 19 and 20. It says, And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. So they made made a pile of stones in Jordan. And, of course, when the waters returned, 
those likely, most likely were covered. But then they also took 12 stones out of Jordan and pitched them in Gilgal. And so it's a reminder that it's the, of the power of God that we trusted in to walk through Jordan. Can, we can also trust to give us victory in the land. And notice that the children of Israel immediately began to demonstrate their trust in the power of God. Chapter 5, verse 1. It came to pass, and all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel, until we were passed over, that their heart melted, neither was there any spirit in them any more because of the children of Israel. And at that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives, and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. Joshua made them sharp knives, and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by way after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised. But all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they came forth out of Egypt, them... They had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord swore unto their fathers that he would give us a land, a land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. Now, these children that Joshua circumcised are not 10 years old. Some of them are 40. They're, they are military age men. You see, this is, a, this is an act of trust in the power of God. Again, they've passed over Jordan. They're, they are encamped at Gilgal. All the people of the land have heard about it, know they're there, and they know that they're planning to conquer that land and take it from them. And the first thing that Israel does, that Joshua does, is circumcise all the men. Because they had not been circumcised in Egypt. See, they were more concerned about what God thought of them. They were more concerned about God's blessing on their lives than they were about safety or protection from their enemies. You see, they understood the proverb that said, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. Safety is of the Lord. So here they were. They, they circumcised. They, they also kept the Passover, verses 10 and 11. Children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat the old corn of the land, and on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. <coughs> so they circumcised them. They, they kept the Passover. And, 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 you know, and they continue to trust God. In chapter 6, we find them marching around Jericho. Obeying that, what we would seem as a silly military 
uh, exercise. But you know what? They were claiming Jericho by God's power and his promise to Abraham. You know, Genesis 13, 17, uh, God said this to Abraham after Lot separated from him. He says this, Arise, walk through the land in the length and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. You see, they're walking around Jericho. You know, for six days, and then the seventh day they walked around it six times, and then the seventh time they gave it. What were they doing? They were claiming Jericho by God's power. What God had promised to them, they were claiming as theirs. You know, we need to claim what God has given to us by his power. And so... There was a potential to be overcoming, overcomers through God's power. We can overcome sin in our lives. You know, Romans chapter 7 verse 6 says, But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein you were held, we should, that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the, man, of the letter. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So, there's a potential to be overcomers through the power of God. It's a reminder of God's power. But thirdly, it's also a reminder to pass on the principles of God's word. Or you might say the practice of stones. To pass on the principle of the practice of stones. And notice verse 22 and 23. It says, then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over Jordan on dry land. And for the Lord your God dried out the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. Now, it's interesting to me that he says this. I don't know if you caught it or not. But he says in verse 23, For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before what? You. And until ye were passed over. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us. Until we. You see, most of these people that went through Jordan didn't go through the Red Sea. They didn't go through the Red Sea. They were all born in the wilderness, except Joshua and Caleb. So Joshua says to them, you need to pass this on to your children. You need to remind your children to pass this on, just like God dried up the Jordan for you, and he dried up the Red Sea for us. See, each generation needs some living stones to demonstrate to their children the saving power of God. Each generation needs some living stones to demonstrate to their children the saving power of God. You might ask this question, how do you and I demonstrate the saving power of God to our children? How do we do it? Is it not 
by the power of God to live victorious over sin and self. Over our sinful and besetting habits in our lives. Does that not demonstrate to our children that we have the power, we are experiencing the power of God in our lives? Look at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse Peter 2, verse 1, excuse me, says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes, desiring the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone. Notice it says a living stone. Disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. That, now that's referring to Christ there. But then notice verse 5. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. And then verse 9 says, But ye are, you know, you're, again, you're a living stone, and you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should... Show forth the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So again, I asked you, how do we demonstrate the power of God to our children? Is it not by living victorious over sin, the sinful habits, <coughs> and the besetting sins that we have in our lives to the glory of God? You see, our children need to see God working in us, if it's going to become real to them. <clears throat> Look at Judges chapter 2. Here, here's something that, example, I believe that <clears throat> ought to put us in fear. Judges chapter 2, verse 10, says this, And all the and also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which the Lord had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, these children are the children of those that did not obey God and drive out the enemy. These children that served Balaam are the children of those that did not drive out the enemy. We read about him in chapter 1. You know, they, you know, chapter 1, verse 30, Neither did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron, nor the inhabitants of Nahel, but the Canaanites dwelt among them. Verse 31, Neither did Asher drive out the inhabitants. You know, what's the problem here? Is it that their parents didn't raise any stones? They didn't raise any stones. They didn't there was a lack of demonstration of the power of God. Instead of wholeheartedly seeking and depending upon the power of God. You remember what Joshua did when Joshua uh, uh, had a failure at AI? What did he do? He fell on his face and besought the Lord. You know, and what, what is happening? You know, why is this happening? And God said, this is why. Deal with it, then you'll have victory. But see, this generation didn't do that. 
They, they failed. They could not drive out the Canaanites. And instead of coming back and falling on their faces and weeping before God and asking, Lord, what did we do wrong? You know, what, what, what is it? In our, is there something wrong? No, they just accepted it. They just accepted it. Well, we just can't do it. You know, Caleb did. Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak. Of course, the Bible tells us that Caleb wholly followed the Lord his God. You see, they didn't drive them out. They, they accept the attitude, well, we can't, we can't overcome them. So what did they do? They made leagues with them. They made agreements with them. They cohabited with them. Are you making league with something in your life you know is not right? If you do, dad, mom, your children may look at that and say, your God's not for me. Is it that we don't see our sin as God sees it? Yeah, I'm afraid that's many times the case. We don't see it as God sees it. Hebrews 12 tells us that Jesus endured the cross, and it says he despised the shame. And he, what he despised was being made... The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21... He hath made him to be sin for. Here is the Son of God, the pure, holy, and undefiled Son of God, being made sin for us. And the Bible says he despised it. You know what my problem is? I tend not to despise sin like he did. You know, too often we enjoy our sin. There is pleasure in sin for a season. We don't see sin as God sees it. See, each generation needs to see some living stones demonstrated. And we not only need those in the church, each family needs some living stones. Notice verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Take ye twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a Man, And again, verse 20, And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan to Joshua, pitched in Gilgal, and he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your, fa- when your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye these stones? See, every family needs some living stones. Some things to look back to and see how God worked, or how God provided, or how he worked in your life. You know, maybe by just you know, maybe just by a daily walk with the Lord. That's a that's a, that's an amazing testimony. A daily walk with the Lord. But each family needs some living stones. I was kind of reminded of that. You know, recently, I was talking to the children about how God provided in some way for us, and 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 moving down here and everything. And they said, "We we never heard that story before."
To us, it's a living stone. It's a memorial. And we need to all have some living, some stones, some memorials. Your memorials are simply, you know, they are reference points, you might say, to look to, to encourage us, to challenge us, to provoke us. That if God could do it for them, he can do it for us. He can do it for us. So are you raising up some stones? Is there some things in your life that your children could look back or look to and say, yeah, God, God did it. God did it. Of course, we still have memorials as a church. The Lord's Supper is a memorial for what Christ did for us. We remember his death. His sacrifice for our sin. His blood was shed for the remission of our sin. But is it your memorial? Have you received that gift? That payment for sin that Christ has offered to you? But Christian, are you establishing memorials in your life? By overcoming those things that are not pleasing to the Lord. That in time to come, your children can ask and say. And you can say, this is what the Lord did. This is what the Lord did. Oh, what mean ye by these stones? Let's raise some memorials. So the next generation can look to and say, I want that God in my life.